This is Hannah's House of Horrors. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Hannah's House of Horrors. Um, I guess I kind of want to make an apology, I guess. I know, I don't really did anything wrong, but um, in my episode that came out June 6th, I didn't really say anything about what's going on in the world with the Black Lives Matter movement, and that's because that episode was pre-recorded, and I was out of town and didn't have any of my equipment to edit, and so I had to wait until last week to say something, and even then, that was also a pre-recorded episode because I was expecting to be out of town the weekend of the 13th, and then COVID kind of canceled my plans, so I was able to make a quick little message and slip it in, but I just wanted to address it in this episode. Like, I didn't want to push it off, like... What I think is going on in the world is incredible. I love seeing people stand up for what's right and screaming from the top of their lungs and making their voices heard. I think that's so incredibly powerful. I, I don't have the opportunity to go protest, unfortunately, and I think I, I know I would, but watching protesters and seeing these people be so brave and just the face of what's coming at them is absolutely incredible to me. And I thank you. Like, thank you, protesters. You guys are angels. Um, and I guess I wanted to use my platform, which isn't very big right now, but I have this platform. And I wanted to discuss some cases that, or I guess a case, but it's going to be several cases um, that were on my list, and I just decided, you know what, we're going to cover them now. We're going to really show what our country has done to the black community, because I'm a social worker. Like, I am going to go work for these communities and make sure that these people can thrive, and so I need to talk about this. Like, I can't not not talk about it. So the case I'm going to be discussing this week is the case of Lavina Lynn Johnson, And she was in the Army, and so I'll be discussing her this week. And hopefully pretty soon, I'll be discussing the case of Kendrick Johnson. Um, What happened to him is absolutely horrifying. He was a baby. Like, he I mean, he was 17, but he's still a baby in this world. But I'll discuss him in the next couple of weeks and slowly talk about more cases where the police or there was a cover-up of the deaths of these people. Because this doesn't happen in opposite standing situations. And so I'm going to use my platform to, uh, to talk about these. So let's, let's dive into this case. Private Lavina Lynn Johnson was an African-American woman born on July 27, 1985. She's the daughter of Dr. John Johnson and Linda Johnson. Her father was a service veteran and um, both Linda and John uh, did civilian careers for the military. Lavina grew up in Florissant, Missouri, I think that's how you say it, and she graduated from Hazelwood Central High School in 2003. And pretty quickly after she graduated, uh, Lavina enlisted in the Army. She was so heavily inspired by her father. Her whole life she heard from family and friends that she looked like her dad, she acted like him, and she thought like him. Um, And according to her father, John, she sent him an incredibly heartfelt Father's Day card a few weeks before her death, saying it was such an honor to be compared to such a wonderful man and that she was so glad that he was her father. And I mention this because he was super influential into why Lavina joined the Army. 
Growing up, uh, Dr. Johnson grew up in the projects in St. Louis, and after he graduated, he also joined the Army to pay his way through college. And uh, I think she was a third generation, um, third generation to go into the Army. So herself, her father, and I'm assuming her grandfather. So there's already that kind of familiar tie to um, go and join the Army. Um, another big reason was Lavina felt that she needed to pay her way through college, and she thought that the Army was a really good way to accomplish that goal. Both her mother and father were hesitant, according to St. Louis Public Radio. It didn't say why they felt hesitant, but I'm going to assume it's because of how the military has kind of always treated women, especially back in the early 2000s. Um, this is something I definitely want to cover about how the military deals with um, sexual assault, um, rape, all that sort of stuff against women specifically. I know it happens to men as well, but they generally cover up what happens and they don't discuss it. And there's there's nothing good about it, which is why I think um, both her mother and fa father were really hesitant for her to join the army. And I mean, honestly, I would be too if it was my kid. Like reading about what the military has covered up is horrifying to me and it's so scary. And it's something I definitely want to discuss in the future. Uh, Lavina served from 2003 to 2005. She got deployed to Iraq in late May 2005, and she was only stationed for eight weeks before she died. Lavina died on July 19, 2005, which was unfortunately only a few days before her 20th birthday. Now, Lavina's death was officially ruled a suicide by the Department of Defense. And this is incredibly strange, not only because of the autopsy, but just because of the, lays, the days leading up to her death. First off, her parents, um, I mean, she talked to her parents every day, um, but she was talking about how her rotation was going to be home for Christmas and to not decorate the tree without her. Um, she was going to get a new job. Like, she was really excited for the future and had preparations for the future. And generally, when someone is feeling suicidal, there is not preparations that far into the future. I mean, there just really isn't, unfortunately. So first off, her parents like, yeah, no, she she didn't kill herself. Um, there's a documentary, and it's called The Silent Truth, and it's done by the family. And in the trailer, because I, I jumped on this case, like, I read everything I could. I just didn't have time to watch the movie. But I'm going to go and watch it this weekend, and I'm kind of excited, I guess, to watch it. But um, according to her family, they're just like, there's no way she did this. She just, she had too much planned for the rest of her life for her to have killed herself. Um, she was supposed to start new job on the base. Her outfit would be back for Christmas. Her father just says, like, she didn't kill herself. What are you not telling us? Like, they got very upset with the army, which is incredibly understandable. And like I said, the autopsy is just it's whack um you know they said yeah the army told the family she held an m16 which is a long rifle in her legs and then shot herself in the mouth lavina was 5'1 only 100 pounds i don't like there's no way for that to happen like i looked up the measurements of the gun i sat myself on the floor and tried to measure it out because i'm i'm pretty sure i'm almost five foot and it it doesn't work and the autopsy only confirmed that. 
Lavina had a broken nose, which seemed like it had been smashed into her face, not upwards, like someone was like hitting her with a blunt object. Uh, she had a black eye, loose teeth, burns from a corrosive chemical on her genitals, and a gunshot wound, like I said, is not conclusive with suicide. If she killed herself, why is there corrosive chemicals on her? And a lot of people speculate, including her family, that the corrosive chemical was used to cover up and get rid of any DNA that was from a possible and probably, unfortunately, incredibly likely rape. There were teeth marks and scratch marks on her upper body, and apparently uh, there was burns on her back and on her right arm. She was found fully clothed, which means someone dressed her after all of this, and there are debris on the back of her clothes that is conclusive with her getting dragged, and there is a blood trail found outside the tent along with bloody footprints, and on, to top it all off, her gloves were glued to her hands. I'm going to let that sit with you just for a second. Just think about all of that. It don't make no sense. She didn't kill herself. I'm sorry. Like, so did she beat herself up in the face and then pour chemicals all over her genital and then shoot herself with a gun that is impossible to shoot herself with? Yeah, that seems really likely. No, it's not. Um, And what I find even more interesting was the army pushed and i mean they pushed for a closed casket because they wouldn't turn over any documents pictures information they wouldn't turn over the original autopsy nothing they wouldn't hand over nothing so then when the family went against their wishes and were like you know what we're gonna have an open casket and they saw their daughter's face they were like oh she did not kill herself and what's even more interesting is the army said it was a gunshot wound through the mouth the only gunshot wound was found on the left side of her face and she was right-handed now it is possible for her not really she would have had to held a rifle with her non-dominant hand and pulled the trigger to her face like you would have to contort your arm in a way not possible and according to her father the bullet size isn't even the right size for an M16, and he just knows it's not possible. He was in the army himself. He knows his guns. Um, so the funeral really, like, pushed everyone on edge. They're like, what is going on? And so then they were going to the army, and they're like, what happened to our kid? What happened? And she had four siblings. So then they're all like, what happened to our sister? Her parents are extremely confused. And they had to fight. Like, the army was not bending on any of this. Um, so her father straight up did not accept what the military was telling him. And he filed freedom of information request, asked for the help of local legislators. He was like, this isn't right. Someone killed my kid. And he got it. Uh, the army lost the freedom of information. He, uh, Mr. Johnson won the request and got original autopsy pictures, all this awful awful information like I saw some of the pictures and it it kind of like it didn't freak me out because I've seen creepier but it was just kind of like unsettling because knowing everything that I've researched it just didn't sit good in my belly um and actually so after he got all the information uh representative William Clay um started to help 
out the Johnson family. And it, uh, they devoted, him and his staff, devoted hundreds of hours to helping the family. They made sure that they got the original autopsy, all the original photos, helped the Johnson family uh, form their own investigation. And the Johnson family had family members who went to university for criminal investigation. So the, that also helped. And they were like, she was raped, then she was murdered, and then her death was covered up. Um, and the army tried to hide all of it. They're like, no, no, no. See, here's what happened. On the day of her death, she got off work at like four to five, never made it to her appointment. She got broken up with. She hung out with an unnamed male colleague, you know, and then she left. And then we found her dead at 1.20 a.m. And she killed herself. Um, and not much is known about her supposed boyfriend apparently he broke up with her through email they'd only been dating a couple of months and there were emails of his breakup that were next to her that were burnt and i'm assuming she probably did burn them herself and was maybe with a different male colleague and then he did something but i can't say for sure like (laughs) that's what's so frustrating about this is they they really covered it up. There's more than one person that knows what happened here, and that's what's awful. Um, so, the, you know, the Army tried to, you know, cover it up. Johnson family wasn't accepting it. So then um, John Johnson just tears the Army apart. You know, her commanding officer told Johnson himself that, like, his daughter was happy, she was doing really good, that he didn't seem, seen, he didn't see anything that was up with her. He was like, I noticed nothing. And Mr. Johnson was like, her arms were too short, and he was working to prove how that just wouldn't have worked. And he actually believed that the gun was a 9mm, I believe, handgun. I think I said that right. I don't know much about guns. And what just adds to it is not only did the M16 not fit, the one that was, you know, the one that was said to be the gun that killed her, no fingerprints were found on it ever. There was no residue on her hands. There were nothing was done to prove that was the gun. You know, the um, army also never did a rape kit. No fingernail scrapings were ever ca- taken. It is very evident from the second she was found that they looked at it as a suicide because I think they knew what really happened. And they're like, oh, another cover up. Uh, the investigation was just never taken seriously. And one of the reasons why was, oh, well, there was no sign of struggle. Like, seriously, that's the only reason there was no sign of struggle. If sh- there's blood drag marks, which there were, it probably didn't happen in that one tent, buddy. It's probably happened somewhere else. And it, what the hell? were they doing what were they thinking i have questions for the army um and to this day to this very day the army still stands by their decision the family is still fighting for their daughter and to get answers um the department of defense still says like nope suicide everyone still says nope suicide Uh, so many people are fighting to get her case reopened and it's getting shot down i know i saw like several petitions for it and i signed all of them i was like reopen this case this is not right um private levina lynn johnson 
was the first woman from Missouri to die in Iraq. Her death is the subject of the 2010 documentary, The Silent Truth, which was made by her family. And like I said, there are several petitions on change.org to reopen her case. I know there's an official one that got closed. Um, I think it's just because it had all the signatures it needed. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, Protector Defenders. It's an organization that promotes Lavina's stories and many others like her of stories of women who have experienced sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape while serving in the U.S. military. Um, and unfortunately, and I guess not very shockingly to me, there is this is incredibly common in the military are these stories. Um, many of them go unreported due to fear of retaliation or fear that nothing would be done. And these fears are backed up because, according to Protector Defenders, 64% of women who did report these assaults faced retaliation, and one-third actually got discharged within seven months of their original report. Um, if you have a chance, please just go, go check out their website. Uh, they're fighting f to change le legislation in the military and how they react to reports like this and what they do when reports like this are made. Um, there's several stories of victims and families of victims, and there are multiple statistics presented on their page. I, I read through it, and there's just so much, and I definitely want to talk about these stories later, and I know there's more women who have unfortunately died in similar situations um, to Lavina Johnson's, and it's just awful. I, I will definitely do an episode later on about the horrors that occurred in the U.S. military that, uh, two women specifically. Um, I know this was a bit of a shorter episode. I, I don't know, I felt like this case needed to be talked about. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to it, despite the blatant facts and the fact that the military is covering this up, and I don't know why, because, um, it's, there is, it's blatant what happened. It is right there in your face. And in the trailer to the movie, you know, the father said, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And in the autopsy pictures, you can clearly see her nose is shattered, her eyes black and swollen. You can see where the bullet wound is on the left side. And he says to the U.S. military, it's not, it, it is what they want it to be. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I heard about this case and I didn't realize how obvious the evidence was against what the military was saying. And it's, like, a lot of things. It's not fair. This is something that is incredibly horrific. And I wanted to use my platform to talk about it. More stories will come out like this um, on this podcast. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point. You know, it's Hannah's House of Horrors. And I'm talking about more than just paranormal fun stuff. It's horrors of the world. Like, this is stuff that I think about, and I thank you for listening and giving me a chance to talk about stuff that matters. You know, I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, but I'll stop rambling. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, if I can find any ways, uh, petitions, places to donate to support the Johnson family, I will put them in my Instagram. But um, thank you, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.